Blog Talk Radio. Flurry, you better grab a life vest. Did I lie? Yes. <laughs> Pull the mask off. People aren't going to like what they see. Looks going to look like flesh on the outside. Rip it open, and it's just circuitry and wires. If my plan works, think of this. I'm going to be off the block from a guy who put on a carrot suit, took an avocado bath, took a chum bath, and sat out of an HOH competition all to get me out. Hello? Will? Yeah? Hey, it's Boogie. Hey! Check this out. Unscrupulous and unexpected. It's time for another summer of Big Brother. Yeah, that's right. You listen to the Big Brother After Show. I'm your host, Sam. As you know, we do this every Thursday at 11 p.m. Eastern, right after the live show. We do that because everything is caught up at that point. All the rumors and spoilers have been floating around all week. Everybody gets caught up. Everything's live. Everything's happening, and it's happening right now. So this is the night that we do it on, folks, and I want to welcome you. Huge night tonight. We had a lot of things happen, but first of all, I know people want to know who won the HOH. And you may be worried if it was maybe Victor, maybe it was Bronta, maybe it was even Tiffany, but it wasn't. It was Polly. A big win for the vets. Polly bringing it in for the for the final here. So Polly wins HOH. Jose goes out. Jose, uh, Jose, however you say it. Man, we thought it was going to be really dramatic, and it really wasn't. It's was kind of anticlimactic, wasn't it? The dogs weren't very eventful. But you know, when she re- did not reveal to him that, you know. His vote from Natalie actually was to save him. You knew it was coming, and you knew they were going to bring him back. I'll tell you what, they do it every single season, and it kind of gets old. I swear, it's not even a surprise anymore. I like that they're doing, you know, some kind of contest to bring people back, and that's kind of neat. Really, your benefit is being the fifth person out, because really you don't have to keep taking on people that come out of the house every week. I like the way that they're doing that, but I got to be honest with you. I just I think bringing people back is kind of getting old, and I think everybody's kind of expected it. And when you're basing your game on expect the unexpected, it just doesn't go very well when everybody knows that there's going to be returning players. But hey, bringing them back in a style where they're playing each other is probably going to be pretty good head to head. Again, I think you're going to have a huge advantage being the fifth person out. And if you're a vet, you're really going to have an advantage because uh, right now the vets are just sweeping through this house right now. By the way, I just want to mention you guys, of course, we're partnered up with Morty's TV. You know, they're the best place to go get your spoilers. They've got fan forums where you guys can talk to each other, meet some friends, talk about Big Brother, the things that you love. And I'm also on those boards talking as well. So if you love me or hate me, well, if you love me, come talk to me. If you hate me, don't tell, don't tell anybody. Just leave it to yourself. There's no need to talk to anybody about that. But you can come on there. It's TV, tvfanforums.net, mortystv.com. They're friends of the show. They partner up with us. They push us. We, we push them. It's a great partnership, and anybody who deals with Morty's knows how good they are with the spoilers and with information and keeping everything up to date, especially if you don't want to watch the feeds. That's what I like the best about it. I don't, I don't, you know, everybody thinks I'm a huge feed watcher. The truth of the matter is, is that I'm really not a huge feed watcher. Uh, I've got a very busy schedule. I've got other things that I have going on. Not that this isn't important. It is. And I love you guys that listen. But, you know, got a lot of things going on especially with the children's, but, you know, it's fun to go in there and just kind of have somebody break down what was going on with the feeds, a little bit, a little bit here, and maybe some, some titles so that you can kind of keep up with what's going on and kind of skip out of the stuff that's not important, like, you know, somebody talking about their mom or talking about their upbringing or and some of that stuff's enjoyable. And I know that it's a, 
it's a character development show by far, but sometimes it's just nice to have somebody break it down for you and give you the uh, cliff notes so you don't have to do that. Don't forget to visit us on Twitter at BB After Show. Really growing over there. I want to thank everybody that's been joining up and, and listening to the show. Second show, so I told you guys last week we really weren't going to have many call. We weren't going to have a call in line until the third week. So this week, I wish we had it. Just some complications that are going on, and right now we don't have a call in line, but we will have it next week. So you guys are going to be able to light up the phone lines, call in, and that's just going to work. Where you guys are going to come and give you a number, you call in, you know, sit on hold. I'm going to see you in the in the queue. Everybody's first come, first serve. You get on first. You get on. If there's nobody else waiting, you get to talk a little longer. If we've got a line of people, you kind of have to move through a little quicker. It's just how it works, guys. I, you know, I get the rules. They, they're fed to me. I have to listen to what they tell me to do. That's just how it works. In the past, we've let people talk a little longer than usual. And, and we'll continue to do that if we can. But as things get tight and if we've got a lot of callers, and I have a feeling the season's going to be the kind of season we might get a couple, we get callers in, uh, you know, it's just going to have to be based on how much time that you have. Trust me, once you call, you'll never stop because I've got people that have done it year after year after year. When they do, they never stop. They look forward to it. and get messages asking when we're going to do it. Hey, when can I call in? What's the number going to be? I don't have it right now. I will have it week three. And I promise you, once you call, you're going you're, you're gonna to love it. It's a, it's a good time. I don't bite your head off unless you're vulgar. But even at that, I'll probably give you more room than I should. Just want to give a big shout-out to Virginia's on King over here in uh, Charleston, South Carolina for uh, giving such a great meal. Uh, sat down, had a great meal. I'm telling you, five-star place is great, wonderful atmosphere. Uh, the seafood's fantastic. It was fresh, probably the best flounder I've ever had. So big shout-out to Virginia's on King. Told him I'd mention him on the show. If you're in Charleston, please stop by and go see him. And that brings us to the next point. We're live in Charleston, folks. Very rarely do we get out and about. Most of the time, they try to cage us up and not let us get out and talk too much. But we're actually going to get out this week, and we're here in Charleston. We're having a great time, beautiful place. Smells like sulfur, which smells like a burnt match. But you know what? they got to do that to keep the water fresh. And you know what? I don't need Montezuma's Revenge on my vacation. So I'm going to take it and drink it and be happy. But other than that, it's a wonderful place. Reminds me a lot if you've ever been to Savannah, just a little bit bigger. But it's, it's a really nice town, and I encourage anybody who's driving through, visit it. But that's not what we're talking about. We're not on the Travel Channel. We're talking about Big Brother, and that's where we're going to go next. We're talking about all of these alliances. And, you know, I've always complained. I've always said I don't like the large alliances, and I stand by that. I, I don't like large alliances. I think they hurt the show. I don't think they help. And in, in, in what they've done to break up the four bets and the four teams, Honestly, think that's been genius. I told you I was a fan of it last week. I am a fan of it this week. People are upset, ready for this thing. When are they going to end? I don't want it to end anytime soon until we kind of get a couple weeks in. And I'll tell you why. I don't like the large alliance. I like these four groups that are having to play together. It does create some type of bond, although we're not seeing the teams themselves bond so much. We're seeing a lot of the newbies bond. But I think what it has done is prevented large alliances from really getting involved now. We've got, first of all, the Fatal Five, which is an all-women's alliance. And as we know, women's alliances usually don't do well. It's a shame because, you know, we've had guy winners. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. I think I think uh, Vanessa was a great player last season. But other than her, there's not been a lot of really great strategic female players in quite a long time and really any good top players in a long time. So I think – if you can get a female alliance and you can make it together, that's great. The problem is is that the type of women that Big Brother really gets for this game are not women that are going to be people that can band together. Some of them are, you know, no offense, some of them are kind of catty. And, you know, oftentimes women have a lot of guy friends because they don't get along with each other. So when you try to put these women in the house and try to create an alliance, a lot of times it's, it's going to fall flat on its face. It's just the nature of the beast. It's very few times that these women's group, these women's alliances – stay together. I think we're starting to see this one crack already. In the Fatal Five, we've got Michelle, Nicole, Tiffany, Devon, and Zykaia. Now, is playing a really good game, laying low. She's sticking with the power. Really smart way to play that. Devon has impressed me incredibly with her new way of playing. I mean, you know, when she came in that first day, I thought, you're going to have to go back to not being so vocal, maybe not being so emotional, maybe not 
spotting out everything that you see and making it a point to blow it up. And I think she's backed off of that. I've seen her this week really kind of lay low, and I think she's playing a really good game as far as just really staying close to everybody that she can. Anybody that will talk to her, she's talking to them. She's playing like she's on everybody's side. I think Devon has learned a lesson, and I think she came in really hot last, uh, well, the first week. I know they're in a week early, but she really came in hot last week, really came in a little emotional, and it seems like she's really kind of backed that off, and I'm kind of proud of how she's playing. Uh, you know, it's weird about her brain coming back because she went home so early. But lesson learned so far, Devon's playing a really great game. I like where she's at. And I like the position she's in. Tiffany in that group's in a little bit of trouble. I just think Tiffany, you know, if I had to guess with Tiffany, I've got to say, Tiffany to me has all the bad qualities of Vanessa and none of the good. Okay. Vanessa was emotional, and she'd flick, freak out. She'd flip out. You know, she'd kind of say things that she shouldn't say, but she was so strategic, and she was always thinking about the game. And I said, if you take away the neuroticism of Vanessa, Vanessa's a really good player. I would borderline say she's a great player. A lot of you guys are going to disagree, and that's okay. We're in America. You know, that's what it's all about. The Constitution allows you to have that right. But truth of the matter is Vanessa is a borderline really, really, really good player to great player if you take a lot of the neurotic out of it and you kind of put that to the side. She kind of loses her cool a little bit. To me, Tiffany's just all just losing her cool and kind of falling off a little bit here and there, and she's not really thinking through the game. And I think that's where her and, her and Vanessa really separate, in my opinion. So Tiffany's somebody that's probably going to be on a target list very, very soon by somebody. Someone somewhere is going to get kind of tired of her. I know Frank is already on that verge. And there's some others that have been talking about Tiffany being a little bit of a problem. And moving on to that next person in that group is Nicole and Michelle. There's not a lot to say about Michelle. She's doing what she's supposed to do. She's laying low. That's Michelle. And you know what? Good for her. She'll probably last a couple weeks doing that. Nicole I liked her play last week. I told you guys, I think that this whole thing of letting somebody else think of the idea of her taking HOH and making it a burden on herself was a great idea. I think it helped her bets. I think it did a lot of favors for everybody that was returning, but I don't know that it did a lot of favors for her because there's no way the other side's not going to target her. And so I think Nicole's really going to have to lean on people in her alliance this week. And being that Polly has won that HOH, it's going to go her way. She's going to have really two solid weeks of playing well because Nicole has put herself in a good position and teamed up with the right people. Now, on the other side, we've got the Revolution, Victor, Jose, who's out, Paul, Bronte, Natalie, Bridget. Could you get a worse group of people in an alliance? I don't think so. This might be an alliance that that probably could be beat by Gen City and maybe Donnie if you put them together and blindfolded them and wrapped their feet up in, in some rope, I still would give the edge to Jim City and Donnie. This group's awful. Victor's probably going to be the next one out now. We already know Jose's gone. Um, Paul, you know what? I'm going to tell you guys something about Paul that I think is really interesting. I see a lot of Big Brother 14 in Paul, and the reason I'm saying that is, is you guys remember Big Brother 14. One of the reasons why I really like Frank was that it ended up being the whole house versus Frank, and he just kept making things happen, and he kept he had the heart and drive to stay in the game. I could be wrong, but I really feel like Paul might be somebody that's going to be fighting the rest of the, re- rest of the house for quite a some time. I don't know if he's going to last a long time because his mouth gets him in trouble, but he's an emotional guy, but he has the physical ability to probably play pretty well. He's won a POB already. He's probably destined for an HOH somewhere, especially in a physical comp. I think Paul could be one of those guys that's one of the last that's hanging on because he can win comps. And I think if that's the case, Paul might be somebody that everybody's trying to get rid of and just can't get done. And that's going to be really interesting this season. I think Victor's going to be the target this week if I had to study the way that people have been talking. And I think that these new guys are just in really deep doo-doo. And the nicest way that I can put it for your kids, they're in deep doo-doo. I don't know how they're going to get out of this. They're going to have to win something. POV's not going to cut it. Roadkill could, um, because at this point nobody's safe. You know, all the all the safety's off now, and anyone can be put up. These vets really have to have to win two ways. 
They really have to win the HOH, and then they really have to make that roadkill count because that roadkill can really backfire on them. And I can be honest with you, you've got eight an eight-pack you haven't gotten to yet. But as you guys know, four vets and four news that are playing on that team, and it wouldn't probably take too much to shake a couple of newbies off of that group to get rid of a vet real quick if they're sitting up there. So they really got to turn down this roadkill. Um, and, of course, the eight-pack, as we were talking about, they're doing everything, I think, right. You know, Michelle and Tiffany's probably your weekly in that group. That's Akaya, Nicole, James, Frank, Devon. Michelle, Corey, and Tiffany. I think Michelle and Tiffany are your weakest two in that group and probably going to be the first two to either turn on them or be shaken loose and probably go home at the hand of that same group, mainly because I think the vets just kind of want to cut them loose. A lot of those guys are worried about James, and they're worried about how close he's getting to Tiffany. Oh, I'm sorry, to Natalie, uh, who is in the Spy Girls. And, you know, we could go into the Spy Girls. I don't know that it's necessary. Um, I don't <laughs> I don't think Spy Girls is going to last. I, I think it's more of a, just a stupid thing that's not going to go very far. But that's where Natalie sits. Man, I, you know. She might be in the revolution. She's on the wrong side of every group in this in this house this year. And uh, Natalie could be in trouble. And James is somebody that's getting really close to her, and it's making everybody on his, on his group really nervous. I'm not sure that Natalie's going to be somebody that sticks around because I'm telling you, if I'm in the APAC and I'm seeing how close James and Natalie are getting, I'm beginning to start thinking about cutting that, cutting James loose because I'm really nervous about what he might say to her. Now, I know he's a good game player. I know he's a good comp player. But I think James has a little bit of problem when it comes to women. And we saw it with Meg last year and how he – I mean, I, I feel like James would have done better to never even give Meg the time of day. Meg was an albatross around the guy's neck. I mean, you couldn't throw him in a pond quicker, taped up, and watch him sink to the bottom more than you could have if you could put him up with Meg. Meg was just an absolute sinker to him. And I'm a little nervous that Natalie's going to be the same way. Maybe she has genuine interest. I don't know, but I seriously doubt it. And I think that James is going to get himself in trouble. And i tell you what else I think James is going to get himself in trouble with, too. I think James is going to get himself in trouble with his prank. And you know what? It's funny. It's entertaining for us. And you know me. Hey, I, I am somebody who wants to keep the drama. I'm somebody who wants to keep the target. I'm somebody who wants an entertaining game. Entertain me. You know? It's like Gladiator. Are you entertained yet? And I, I want to give a thumbs up. But I'm telling you, this stuff with James pulling this game, it's going to get old to people. It's not going to be fun when somebody dumps all your stuff out and fills it up with mayonnaise. It's entertaining for us. I, I'm all aboard. I love it. But in reality, when you take that out and you look in the game as, aspect of it, I'm telling you, I don't think that the whole thing with James is a good idea. Somebody's going to have to tell him to cool it out. I think he's one of those people that, you know, last year it was funny. I mean, he was scaring people and he was hiding in the dark. It was a good laugh. I laughed. My wife laughed. We, we had a good time watching James do that. We thought it, it made him probably one of the more favorite house, um, house guests in the, in the whole season. And I get that. But somebody told James, hey, man, your pranks are hilarious. And James really ran with it this year to the point where I think it's going to cost him the game. And I and I can't express enough that James is making a lot of mistakes with this situation with Natalie. And he's making a lot of mistakes with these pranks. And it's going to get to the point where nobody wants to be around James because they don't trust him for the hijinks that he pulls. And I know it's all for shits and giggles, and that's great. Like I said, that's fun. That's fun for me. But it gets old to people that are in the house. When your private property is being destroyed or being messed with or being manipulated, there's a certain aspect of you have a certain private, personal, I don't know, array of things that you bring from home in that house. And they're very, very important to you, whether it's certain type of mascara or certain type of lotion or a certain type of makeup, whatever it might be, a shirt, a, a pink hat. We saw that a couple of years ago. Whatever it is, it's something that's close to you and it means something to you. And it may be stupid when you get in the house and it may not end up being something that was that important to you. But when you get in the house and you realize you're not away, you're away from home and you're away from your kids or your family or your friends and everything that you know, those things become awful important. And you have somebody like James come along and start messing with it. I'm sorry. I know people love him, but I think it's going to be a big mistake for him. And I think he needs to really back off of that. Um, 
So I worry about James a lot. A couple of things that happened this week, um, you know, these the revolution. Um, a probably one of the worst names ever. But anyway, the revolution. I don't know what they're revolutionizing. I mean, you have to really be revolutionizing something. That's definitely not gameplay, because gameplay is awful with that group. But they didn't even realize that they were in trouble until, oh, I don't know, probably about 20 minutes before eviction. I mean, these guys really thought they were sailing. I think Ego really plays hard on these new guys. I think it's going to hurt them. And i got to be honest with you. I, I did not enjoy seeing Season 13 where it was vets and newbies. It's not one of my favorite seasons. It's not ranked high for me. Um, a lot of you guys know how I rank seasons. I don't rank Season 13 very high. And it was because when it came back, the vets just teamed up and steamrolled through all the new players. I mean, there's only like, I don't know, Evil Dick went home early. I think it was like something like uh, maybe five returning players, if I remember correctly. Ran through a house of like 12 other people and, and with no no issue. And the only thing that got in their way was when Dan- Danielle Donato decided to turn and flip and got tired of Jeff telling her how to live her life and decided she wanted to fight too early. That's the only thing that even balanced that house out even when it did for a little while. But this season, I'm, I'm really cheering for the vets. In season 13, I was, and I, you know, I just thought it was stupid this year. You know what? The vets are what's making this season good. They're really saying the things that we feel when we're watching, when they're looking at these guys playing and they're rolling their eyes going, how dumb do you have to be? It's kind of about time that we saw people in the game actually express how stupid the majority of the houses play in the game. And and it's just nice to see that. Now, whether or not I see a vet at the end, I, I, I kind of do. But, uh, you know, these new guys and the, and the ego, it, it's just gotten out of control. I don't know if you guys saw Victor try to kiss the cold, but that was just shamefully embarrassing. It reminded me of the first time I tried to kiss a girl. I'll tell you something, it didn't happen when I was in my 20s. I was much younger, and I was able to grow past it. Victor may not be able to get past this because it's been pretty, pretty serious for him to get rejected. Um, like I told you guys, Tiffany's getting suspicious, suspicious on everybody's level. Frank's kind of saying that after Victor goes home, he wants to send Tiffany out. As I told you guys, Tiffany's got all the bad qualities uh, of Vanessa and none of the good ones. I really think that I really think putting her on was a mistake. This girl's going to continue to roll with this whole thing that she's not related to Vanessa. I, you know what? It's beyond me, and I said it on Twitter. I don't understand how you think Michelle is a roadkill winner without a hundred, with 110% for sure feeling on that, yet you can't figure out that Tiffany and Vanessa are related. That's beyond me. I think Polly had a better chance of, scoot, of scooting through without ever revealing he was Cody's brother. I, don't, I see some similarities. It's not something I would look for. Tiffany is a dead a slap in the face. I mean, this is really obvious her and Vanessa are related, and these newbies just were not catching on to that. But regardless, she's just not playing well, in my opinion, and I think Frank and everybody else is getting fed up with it. Um, and, you know, we've got a lot of people that are, a lot of girls that are getting annoyed with each other. Uh, you know, Tiffany getting a little annoyed with Devon. I can tell you Devon's the queen. You're probably not going to get away too far without getting slapped back into place. Uh, Zakaya and her are really close. Nicole are really close with her as well. But they're all really worried about James and that group, and, and that's that's not good for James. Um, I got a question that was sent to me. Who would I have taken out today? I would have taken Bridget, mainly because I know it was great for everybody to see him go home. Everybody's tired of his Messiah attitude. He's the glue in the house. He keeps things together. He's the man, whatever. But I think that attitude just brings on more problems for you. And I think he already painted such a huge target on his back. I mean, if I'm sitting in that house and I have any ability to manipulate, I have to look at Bridget and I have to say, you know what? Bridget spied, okay? Bridget uh, was playing both sides. Bridget plays dumb a lot. Frank's already kind of suspicious of Bridget. I just think Bridget, she's in this five-girl alliance. I just go ahead and knock that leg out, and I go ahead and take Bridget out because I think Bridget's dangerous in a social way. I think she's got the whole cute, I'm innocent thing down. She tends to play the game 
to her strengths where people are, are in power. She seems to play with that. But her spying on the HOH last week was a dumb move. And I've got to be honest with you, I think it just would have been snaky enough to go ahead and cut the head off and try to turn everybody back into getting rid of her. It would have been a really surprise move. She wasn't expecting it. It would have been a true blindside, probably not as entertaining. But sometimes emotionally who you want to get out of this game is not the right person to get out. Sometimes when there's a fruit that's ripe for the picking that's sitting there that didn't expect to be there, didn't think that they were going to go home, I like it. Polly probably would have been out of their choice, but Polly playing hopefully on a team I would be on because I think he's strong. Really like his social game, and I like his ability to compete in comps, obviously, with him winning HOH this week. I just think he has a physical ability to really play this game, and it's somebody that I would have I would have really seeked out to play with. So I don't see Polly being somebody I would go after unless he just rejected me like Victor did with the or like Nicole did with Victor. But if he rejected me, that's a whole other game. But if we're teamed up and we're good, I, I would rather play with Polly. But I got to be honest with you, Bridget V would be somebody I'd really be working to get out. I just think. You know, Jose is going to get himself in trouble. He's going to run his mouth. And really, when it comes down to it, really the only people, there's only about four solids in that group. And that's going to be Victor, Jose, uh, Paul, and probably Natalie. You know what? None of those guys, except maybe Victor, are dangerous to me. I think Victor talks himself into a problem. I think he's getting frustrated in the game. I think he's, he's somebody who criticizes people. We saw that tonight. He really wears on a lot of house guest nerves with the way that he approaches. He just doesn't know how to talk to people the right way. And I think that that's somebody I look at and say, you know what, that's a huge target. I want to keep a target in this house as long as I can. I want to keep somebody that absolutely drives everybody crazy in this house as long as I can. Because the more people are looking at that player, the less they're looking at me, and the more that I can manipulate, backstab, cheat, and lie without being caught. Because no matter what I do, it'll never be as bad as what Jose and what Victor will do. So to me, I, I leave them in the house. I know that that probably makes you guys very bored, but the truth of the matter is, is that I think I think Brittany is the player that I would target. She's the one that I would have said, "Hey, wait a minute! Before we go this far, let's think about Bridget for a second. I think she's really playing the game well. I think she's somebody that slips through to a you know." final eight or, you know, final six just because she's laying under radar and she's non-threatening, okay, which is one of the biggest keys to win this game sometimes is being non-threatening. And as Spencer. And at the end of the day, I think she's the person that I take out just because I don't want to see her get close to the end. I think she could probably work her way in there. A lot of people would look at her kind of like a Victorian and say, well, she's innocent. She's not going to do anything. She's never going to make it. And that's probably somebody that's that gets taken over me to the final two, and I'm not interested in that. I get rid of her. Um, you know, I, I just, I just think that that therein lies the problem. I don't think people think that way. I think that they really go after their emotions on the game, and that gets you in trouble, folks. Because at the end of the day, the people that you emotionally want to get rid of are the people that stick around. Uh, hey, listen, got to take a commercial real quick, guys. We'll be right back. Uh, take about two minutes, and I'll see you on the other side. Listen to Big Brother After Show. Where's Jill? She's really lonely and out walking the cornfield again. Do you think they will ever find us true love? Not hanging out with us all day. We used to be lonely. Until we met on Farmers Only. FarmersOnly.com is the new online dating site for farmers, ranchers, and good old country folks. You don't have to be lonely at FarmersOnly.com. Any folks just don't get it. I had a way
Yeah, we're back, folks. Hey, I want to thank you guys again for listening in. It always feels great when we get a lot of followers and we get a lot of people that listen. Makes the show flow. It makes the show actually push up to the front. We got people that help us put this thing together. And whenever you guys show up and you like and you talk and you respond and you send tweets, it just totally makes the thing happen for us. So really appreciate. It. I just want to give a big thanks to everybody that's doing that. Um, I just want to bring up something with you guys. I, I think that I think the negative goodbye messages. Uh, that shows they got to see uh, were not were not the right things to do. I, I think that that was a big mistake on production's part. If he's coming back, and you know, as soon as I knew that she wasn't going to correct Tiffany's, or I'm sorry, Natalie's vote, I keep saying Tiffany, but as soon as she didn't correct him on Natalie's vote, I knew that something was up, and we had already heard uh, that Glenn maybe didn't go home. And so we kind of had the feeling, I think, across the Twitterverse, the Big Brother fans, that, you know, something was probably going to be up. And it was. And here we are again with returning returning players. Uh, again, we talked about that earlier. But I, just, I feel like when you get the negative messages, what you've done is you've allowed uh, a setup of the people who left them. You're telling people to say goodbye to a guy that they didn't like. And then you're telling the guy that they didn't like everything that they felt about them and then saying, hey, you got another shot to go in and get revenge. Now, that sets up perfectly for us as viewers. I mean, it's wonderful, but I think it was a bit unfair by production. I don't think that was the right thing to do. Um, and if they wanted to show some, they could have shown really positive ones from the people that that did like him, uh, and they chose not to. And, you know, I've got to kind of slap Big Brother production on the hand for that. I don't think it was a smart move on their part, and I think they kind of set things up. Uh, and I just... I think it was a bad, bad situation, and I'm not sure why they decided to do that, but they did it, and obviously if he wins and comes back, although I give him a very slim chance, I give him a better chance than Glenn, let's be honest, especially if it's comps. If it's anything other than probably sitting down and watching TV, Glenn's going to be in a bad spot. So, you know, he comes back, and he's going to have all these messages in his head, and it could be a bad situation for people that really, you know, didn't mean to do it. If you're not going to, if you're not going to uh, give them the positive, don't give them the negative. Just let them go. Um, and, and I just think it was a big mistake. Um, I think this season is going to be interesting. You know, I put a poll out on Twitter that you guys got to vote for, and it was an over overwhelming amount. You know, I asked you guys, did you think that the house was going to divide this season? And I think it was like 95% of you guys thought it would divide this season. And I think it's something that we've been really needing in a Big Brother season. You know, that happened in, in a lot of your favorite seasons, like season six, where the house just straight up divides. And I think it kind of happened in eight as well, where people just choose a side. And they go, you know what, this is the side I'm on. This is the way I'm going to play. This is what I'm going to do. And we saw that in six. And six ended up being one of the best as far as dramatic. And really, probably, you know, you talk about drama and you talk about strategy. I don't know that it was a huge strategy season for me. It was definitely a great drama season. And I think when you had that happen in season six and the house just kind of divides down the middle and it's just basically civil war, the season just ends up being better. Now, you can have these little short, small allies and you can have these small groups and you can have all these females and all this other thing you want to do. At the end of the day, you get the most entertaining season from a house that just divides down the middle and goes to war. And you guys said that you thought that was going to happen this season and that it is happening this season. And I'm beginning to think that it might be too. You know, we may not see it as soon as we thought we might. You know, it's going to come down to the bets really lasting. If you can get those four bets into the first couple of weeks, you're going to see a lot of things change because they're going to have to start trying to – the newbies that are on that vet team of the eight-pack, the four newbies, are going to have to realize at some point they're going to start eating themselves, and they're not going to eat each other. They're going to eat us. They're the lowest on the totem pole. Guys like Polly, uh, Tiffany, she if she makes it that far, Michelle, uh, Zakaya, these are people that are on the low totem pole. You could see these bets start to kind of make these final twos with them, but what I am seeing are bets making final twos with each other. I saw Nicole and Frank make a final two. Uh, I think James and Frank have a final two. So there's there's final twos that are going on, and it's really kind of staying among the bets. So they may end up devouring 
the the newbies that are playing along on their alliances. And I think that happens. Things are going to get extremely interesting because the house divided is just a much more entertaining, uh, a much more entertaining uh, season, especially when they're going after each other. I just want to say too, I, I love this roadkill thing. I know a lot of people are complaining about it. Listen, in comparison to Battle of the Block, roadkill is fantastic. It's everything that we kind of want it to be. We want a new power. We want a power that's not going to get anybody into Anytime you can do something anonymously. Now, I get it. The MVP from season 15 was awful because people got to vote every season. It ended up being the people who had the most fans that voted for somebody's sister. And I was not an Alyssa fan that season at all. Um, but, you know, people kept voting for her. And I know that it was getting, you know, I think she won it like every week. And, and that stuff gets ridiculous. I feel like the game's better when we don't vote. That's me personally. I think it's better when it's left up to the players to play and us to watch. If you want to vote on food, that's fine. But I don't think we should vote on people getting evicted or getting special power. I think that that should be left up to something that happens within the game. Uh, and this is something that exactly, you know, exactly what I would want to see, something that can be a com- competition, something that goes on that all the house has an opportunity to get, and that the winner basically can keep it quiet. And I think they're going to keep it quiet from here on out, except for people there in their alliances. I don't think anybody's going to win roadkill and tell everybody that they want it. Dumb move. It's probably not going to happen. But, you know, we saw what happened with Frank. Frank's able to win roadkill. He's able to put up Paul, who's a serious threat in that house, and what I consider a serious threat in that house, A, because he's emotional, B, because he can win things. Uh, and he's able to put him up on the block secretly behind the back, and nobody knows. And, man, did he play it up. Frank gets a ton of credit for the for the things that he's doing this season. And I'm going to go over – Adam Pooch has this um, thing where he gives bacon and toast. I don't know. But this power list, and I usually try to go by some type of power ranking in the house. And before the show's over here in a few minutes, we're going to go to that. We're going to kind of talk about it and either agree or disagree and move his list around. No offense to him. But don't put it out there if you don't want to criticize. Not everybody's going to like your stuff. It's just how it is. I do like some of the things he said. We're going to talk about that. I think he does one every week, and, and there's some other power rankings that happen, and we'll talk about that as the, week, as the weeks go on. But uh, I like what Frank's doing. I like how Frank played that, that roadkill, I mean, to, to completely slide under the radar, be able to, to try to take out an opponent was smart. When he couldn't get Paul, when it was like, hey, we'll take Paul or we'll take uh, Jose, when that ended, then it became, okay, well, I'll put somebody up that's not going to get votes. Brittany, even if she does get votes, it's fine. I think the roadkill nomination is great. I hope they keep it for the rest of the season until they get into a smaller amount of people, which they won't be able to do it anymore. But I love it. I think roadkill is great. And I, and I certainly think it's a lot better than Battle of the Block by far, by far. And I think it makes the game more interesting, and I think it's going to allow people to kind of fight back a little bit that can win that. And it's going to become really important. Not only that's going to become important, the, the power of veto is going to come, become important. And let me tell you something else about the roadkill thing. It also really does throw a wrench in backdooring. You know, everybody backdoors, and really, we've discussed this before, it's not a true backdoor, um, the way that they've been doing it lately, um, especially when people are expecting it to happen. And it just becomes this backup plan for every HOH, and it is a backdoor. And if that person wins the POV, then this is the person I'm after. I mean, it just kind of gets old. It makes for a really boring season. I think Roadkill really throws a wrench in that because you're going to have a third nominee, and even the POV winner of that, they're the Roadkill nominee, as we saw. You're not going to be able to escape it because they're just going to renominate somebody else. So I, I really like it. Um, so let's move on before we finish up here. We're going to move on to Adam Pooch's power rankings. Now, he gives bacon and tofu, and, you know, either we agree or disagree with the guy, but this is why he has the first four. These are his top four people in the house right now. Frank Udy, Paul, Nicole, and Victor. Now, I agree completely with Frank. Frank is playing a great game. If there's anybody in this group, probably Devon, and Frank have learned the most from their season so far. 
And that is you've got to really turn up the social game. Frank is everybody's friend. Uh, Frank is really working the room. He's staying low, but he's getting along with people. You know, Evil Dick wanted to argue with me that, you know, Boogie didn't mess up Frank's game in 14. I hate to tell him, you know, and, and I certainly don't want to start a fight with Evil if I can help it, but I don't really care. But I think Boogie really did mess Frank up. When Boogie got in there and he chose Frank and him and Frank got really close, he got so close that I almost left Ian out of the group, and that's what forced Ian out into the quack pack. The biggest thing with Boogie was Boogie gave Frank this chill town thing. Oh, he's a member of chill town, you know, this is what we're going to do in the game. And I think Frank let that get to his head. And instead of playing a social game, Frank tried to play a game strictly by Boogie's rules. And I think Boogie did end up setting Frank up for failure once Boogie left. And I think that's what set Frank up for failure for the rest of that season in 14 was him having that same mentality. And once, once Boogie was gone, Frank was kind of on his own. Ian had already turned on him by then. And Frank was just him against the house. And, of course, you're not going to have a great social game when you're running against the wall like that. So that carried over into that season for him. This season, Frank really comes off as a really good social player. He's back to playing really strong in the competitions. And he's just really, really playing the game a lot more a lot more intelligently. Social game is good. Uh, he's really moving around the room, talking to everybody. He's a little bit into everybody's group, kind of lining himself up with anybody and everybody that might be in power. i got to give Frank huge credit. He gives him five strips of bacon. All right, that's Adam's thing. I give him five stars. I give him I give him all the credit in the world. I think he is the power player of the season so far. And if you, and I'll tell you guys, if you haven't seen season fourteen, go on CBS All Access. If you're a big fan, you're not going to bitch about the five dollars a month. You're just going to pay it. You can watch any season you want to. And and I got to be honest with you, they're in great quality, a lot better than you get off YouTube, and you can watch them on your TV, especially if you've got a Roku. I cannot tell you how beneficial CBS All Access is. They don't pay me to say it. That's really, truly from my own mind. I would go get it, watch season 14, just watch a little bit of it halfway through the season, at least till Frank goes. It's, it's, it, is a, it is a decent season, but the way Frank fights the house is amazing. It, it truly is. So it's great to see him back. You knew I was a big fan of his, uh, and he was somebody I want to see in All-Stars. See him back now is great. Uh, and I think Frank is somebody who has learned from season 14 tremendously. I disagree with his ranking of Paul. He's got Paul with four strips of bacon. I disagree with Paul. I don't think Paul's playing a very strong game. I think he's playing a, a good enough game, and that's going to be completely on competition. It is not going to be on social skills. And so I don't give him that credit at all. I actually give that second lane, uh, second lane to uh, second place to, to Devon. I think Devon's playing a great game. Uh, he feels like, you know, she's still playing a little bit of, of her old loudmouth way. I don't feel like she is. I think she's kind of flipping around and playing a lot stronger this season. I think she's playing really well socially. She's kind of keeping her gut in check, and she's keeping her emotions in the right place. To me, Devon gets that second place. And, and honestly, I give third place to really Nicole. She comes in. She plays uh, you know, she was very mousy her season. Uh, she really wasn't strong. She kind of was scared to do too much and make a decision. I mean, I remember when she won HOH and she didn't want to keep it. She just didn't want to do anything. And this season she seems to come back to really want to win, and she comes back a little street smart. I don't know if anybody's noticed that. There's a lot of things that she does that's still typical Nicole. Like I told you guys on Twitter, I swear I think she buys her shoes from my grandmother. I don't know what's going on with her fashion sense, and I'm a heterosexual guy, but when I notice it, somebody's got to be noticing it out there. The girl is living in a very, very weird parallel universe where some things are cool that just really aren't to the rest of us. But at the end of the day, Nicole has learned to change herself into a stronger person emotionally, I think, and you see it in the game, and you see it when she's playing, uh, you know, do I think she should be hooking up with Corey and making this? No. And I know that a lot of things have been said about Corey and the burning of the goat thing. Uh, I did not personally see that. I don't even have Corey on a list anywhere. Corey's just being Corey. And I know a lot of people are upset about that. Uh, I think pretty much this week where, you know, a story about him burning a goat with some friends and they thought it was funny. Look, I told you guys, he also put some pretty, uh, I want to say, 
Uh, I don't know if there's racial things out on Twitter. I get it. I understand, especially the tension nowadays that people have. But I told you guys, we saw the same thing with Caleb. I don't know if you guys remember him beating, a, I think it was like a, a hog or something with a stick, killing an animal with his bare hands on some video on YouTube somebody found, you know, that Caleb was racist because he was using certain things. And really, you kind of come to find out that Caleb is, is not what you really thought he was before he went in the house. And, and you know, we have to be careful about how we judge some of these guys. I, I, and sometimes these stories are embellished, guys. you got to remember, people are trying to make friends. They're trying to influence people. They're trying to get in good with people. And some things that they find are funny are not funny to others. We saw Spencer do that in his season where he said some pretty – I mean, cut some jokes about molestation that weren't the funniest and they were they were offensive. And really, at the end of the day, everybody has to come out and kind of defend Spencer. I think he lost his job over it. And so sometimes what people say they think is funny and they think it will go over well and it will win them some friends, and really it does the opposite. You know, you end up coming off like a jerk and you end up coming off insensitive. So we've got to be really careful sometimes what people might say in the house or the things that we might see on their Twitter. Just Sometimes it's just them not thinking. I'm not excusing it by any means, but... Sometimes you got to let things play out and see how somebody ends up being. Um, but that being said, I'm a huge animal fan. Uh, I think I think abusing animals and children are something that you should go to jail for the rest of your life for. So uh, trust me, I'm not I'm not huge on his bandwagon. I'm just saying, let's see what happens with Corey. But Nicole hooking up with Corey, trying to kind of fizzle a, a showmance there. A lot of people think Corey's not into women. We're going to find out soon enough. He does seem to volunteer often for rubbing lotion on people on men's back. That's his thing, whatever, no judgment here. But people could be right. He could be not interested in Nicole at all, and we may find out later that he's more interested in, in you know, Victor <laughs> or Frank, which would be an interesting twist and probably break Nicole's heart. But it is what it is. Now, when we get into the fourth spot, I'm not going to go through all these. I agree. I do think then Paul does slip into a fourth spot. I think Paul is a very strong competitor. I think he's got an awful social game. But he is somebody that people tend to lean on, especially the newbies. He just seemed to be in that core group. Uh, and he does seem to have a little bit of power and influence, not a ton. He's got some, especially over Victor, and especially over Natalie as well. He does have some influential power. I think he's slightly smarter than Victor. Victor's not the smartest guy in the world. I think Paul is probably the, the smartest guy of the newbies but he's a very emotional guy who's going to get himself in trouble. But when you're talking about a house like this, you're not really talking about a lot of a lot of true power players yet. We'll see that as that goes. You may see somebody like Corey move up. You may see somebody like Victor move up. But my guess is as this season or this season goes forward in the next week, Paulie wins this HOH. I think his nominees are going to be somebody like Victor and Tiffany. I'm sorry, not Tiffany. I keep doing that. Victor and Natalie. I think are probably two people that he would put up. Um, I think he's definitely going to go after the new group, the revolution. And I think that's where he's going to go. Roadkill winners up in the air that can change things because if one of these new guys wins it, maybe Paul wins it. Paul's going to turn around and put somebody like James up because obviously he's mad at James. And how ridiculous was that fight? How ridiculous was that that he got upset over what James said? And James wasn't even serious. But that's what I'm talking about. James needs to be really careful. The pranks are wearing on people. The, you know, prankster way of talking to people is kind of getting old. Play your game, bro. Quit getting into that whole, I'm cute, I'm funny, look at me, I can do things that people think is funny. Just get out of that. James, you need to start playing your old game. You need to stop getting into trying to please the viewers. I know it's fun for us, but he needs to play a real game. He needs to start. Because this stuff with Paul and everything and Paul getting emotional, he's just a ticking time bomb. And the guy can play competitions. James can too. But I have a feeling Paul's going to be a little bit stronger than James in some of these competitions. And Paul may be able to turn some of this stuff around. So I feel like Paul is the fourth strongest in the house. Like I said, it's after Frank, Devon, and Nicole. I'll give the, the fourth spot to Paul. And we're going to see what's going to happen next week. That's my guess, folks. I think that we're really going to see, uh, you know, like I said, we're definitely going to see Victor go up. We, we, I know that Frank wants to go after Tiffany after Victor's gone, so I don't see Tiffany going up too quickly. But she's going to be in trouble next week or two, especially with that stay in power. It's going to be one hell of a ride, guys. Listen, phone lines open again next week. 
so when we go live Thursday, I'm going to hand out a phone number. It'll be on Twitter. You can call in. You can have a conversation with me. We're going to be able to go back and forth. If you don't like what I have to say, say it. If you love what I have to say, I want to hear it. I love adoration. I love people struggling my ego. So please feel free to call in if it's just talking about how great I am. If it's talking about how not so great I am, I'm still going to put you on the air. It's going to be fine. It's going to be a lot of fun, guys. We're going to be back in our normal studio next week. Listen, I've had a blast. It's been a lot of fun. Can't wait to see you guys next Thursday, 11 p.m. Eastern. Listen, be good to each other, and we'll see you next week. This is the Big Brother After Show with your host, Sam. Flurries, you better grab a life vest. Did I lie? Yes! <laughs> Bye-bye. Pull the mask off. People aren't going to like what they see. Looks going to look like flesh on the outside. You rip it open, and it's just circuitry and wires. If my plan works, think of this. I'm going to be off the block from a guy who put on a carrot suit, took an avocado bath, took a chum bath, and sat out of an HOH competition all to get me out. Hello? Will? Yeah? Hey, it's Boogie. Hey! Check this out. unscrupulous and unexpected. It's time for another summer of Big Brother. <laughs>